Good afternoon, beautiful people. Welcome to episode 57 of Sports Bar Talk. There's no bats flying around today. Shout out to Anders for that beat drop. And welcome to episode 57 of Sports Bar Talk. Live from the historic Alex Nairi Studios in my bedroom. We're live. Um, from LA to Little Rock, Dallas to Minneapolis, New York to Pittsburgh, London, New South Wales to Frankfurt. Butter my toast, we're live worldwide. And let's get into it with our, what could be, the penultimate episode of the Playoff Roundup. This is Sports Bar Talk, by the way, where we got the best seat in the house. Not at, not always, not sometimes, we always have the best seat in the house. Now, let's get into the Playoff Roundup. Of course, we're done with the hockey no Goofer today. I know everyone is disappointed that, but Goofer deserves a nice long vacation. But uh, he did send me a thank you letter, and it said, "Dear Alex and Sports Bar Talk listeners, thank you for allowing me to come and spread the knowledge, and hopefully expand our hockey audience worldwide." It was an honor to come on and talk to you, and even though we disagreed a lot, especially about your stupid penguins, I'll go for it. You know I'll get you back for that at some point. We had a very, I had a very enjoyable time trying to educate your listeners because you've told me a lot of your listeners don't like hockey, but there are a select few that if you don't cover it, they get mad. So I'm glad that you had me on. I hope you and your listeners have a fun rest of your summer, and I look forward to hearing from you if you will bring me back on for next season. From an igloo in Canada, Goofer Keeps. Alright, so Goofer sent us a thank you letter. Now let's get into the basketball portion of the playoff roundup. The NBA Finals are going on, and I thought by the time we'd be doing this podcast, the series might be wrapped up with how... Phoenix was absolutely dominating um, on, on at home, but no, this is a lot like what we normally see in the NBA Finals when you ha- the home team just dominates. The Milwaukee Bucks have won two straight games, and now we're tied at two games apiece. And now from what I'm hearing, I haven't really watched much of the Finals because the games are boring and the refs are absolutely horrendous. Ruining basketball. If you watched Game 5 last night... Devin Booker went up for a layup and got absolutely manhandled at the rim. A clear and obvious foul that should have been flagrant. No call. It is clear that the NBA is rigged. Might also be scripted like WWE wrestling. That is the the refs alone are the singular worst are the singular reason why I stopped watching NBA basketball and why all my listeners should stop watching it. It is terrible until we Adam Silver comes out and admits that it's rigged or that 
We need better officiating because the players hate the refs too. If Adam Silver could come out and s against these refs, fire them all. Yes, even the vets who have been in the game for 50 years, fire them. Bring in new refs. My dog Angus could ref better than the, than the refs ref in this finals game last night. Now, I didn't watch the game. And quite frankly, I don't care what happens, but I have to talk about it. Chris Paul didn't show up last night, and from what I heard. But, you know, Phoenix goes up two games, nothing. Milwaukee ties it at two. They're going to be playing game six here on Saturday, or game, what game is it? Game six on Saturday. No, game five on Saturday, excuse me. And then on July 20th, something that if this were a year ago or even a couple months ago, I would have gotten giddy at. There will have an NBA, there will be an NBA, a meaningful NBA game on my birthday, July 20th. That'll be game six. But the refs have ruined it for me. And you know. Takes a lot for for something to ruin a sporting event or a sport for me, and in my opinion, basketball is ruined. And if I were a college player, if I were a player in that was a draft prospect right now, I'd want to go back to college, quite frankly, or maybe go play overseas. Because if the refs want to ruin these games, the refs clearly, clearly NBA, the NBA wants the series to go seven games. Because it'll maximize their ratings and profit. It back to capitalism with the NBA. That's all it is. NBA is a NBA. They won't admit it, but their founding principle is capitalism. That's all it is. Now you would think the most profit they would get is if LeBron was in the final. So they're trying. They don't. They, but the Lakers didn't show up. They were hurt. So what the NBA is trying to do is they're trying to prolong the series. And trying to get the ratings up. It won't work. I'm sorry. It won't work when you have egregious officiating. Now, with that being said, we're going to cover the finals next week. We'll call out the BS calls if we need to. Call out the, the refs who are against fair play. And if we have a champion, we'll give them the due, even if it was a fraudulent championship. Like... If there's a questionable call decided in, like, Game 7 or something, that if that call doesn't get made, we're going to call that a fraudulent championship. We're going to give him an asterisk next to it. Because they got help from the refs to win their title. We see that a lot in the NBA. A lot. The Bucks almost had a fraudulent win. The Suns almost had a fraudulent win last night. Alright, enough NBA. To the British Open now. The final major of the season. By the way, real quick, NBA Finals games, you can catch those on your local ABC station. That's the only place you can find them. You might be able to find them also on ESPN Deportes if you want to listen in Spanish. But ABC, if you're in the car, probably on your local ESPN radio station or on satellite on NBA radio and even ESPN radio. British Open now. We are in the middle of the first round. 
and we have our leader in the clubhouse from the morning session is the South African Louis Oosthuizen. Now, I believe, has he won a major before? I'm not sure. I know he's never won a tournament in North America. We'll find out. I don't think he has. I know he's come close a couple times. But all his wins have been on the European Tour. And looks like he has no majors. Of course, 2012 Masters finished runner-up to Bubba Watson. So he has 14 professional wins. And that's all he's got. No majors. So, Louie's in the lead. We have a two-way tie for second at five under par between Brian Harmon and my man, Jordan Spieth, a man who is no stranger to winning this golf tournament. If there is a good golfer who knows Lynx golf, it is Jordan Spieth. And then you have a tie for fourth, a freeway tie for fourth between the Canadian, Mackenzie Hughes, another South African, Dylan Fratelli, and Stuart Sink. Yes. The old guy, still out there, and still swinging that golf club, like the bowels. By the way, they're at beautiful Royal St. George's Golf Club in England this year. Um, of course, by the way, there was no British Open last year because of the virus. We had every other major played. This was the one we didn't have, so I know the Brits are excited to have their big golf tournament. The oldest turn golf tournament in the world is back in business. Um... As well. Notable names on the leaderboard, by the way. Colin Morikawa in a tie for 15th at 2 under par. As well as Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia. Abraham Anser in a tie for 28th at 1 under. So is Mr. Kepka. Um, I don't know where DeChambeau's at. DeChambeau finished 1 over par. And so did John Rahm. And so did the defending champion of this event, the Irishman Shane Lowry. Um... You can catch, right now, the first two days of this tournament from, like, 1.30 a.m. to free. You can catch it exclusively on Peacock. You don't need to pay for it or anything. You just need to sign up for the account. It's on the free tier and whatnot. Then at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m., whatever time, moves over the Golf Channel. I think it's also simulcast on Peacock. From 4 a.m. and then at 3 they sign off on Golf Channel and whatever's left of the uh, Overflow Golfers and moves back over the Peacock. So, that'll be, that's the schedule. Saturday, there might be early, let me check the schedule real quick. Because I believe there might be, like Golf Channel might have a lead-in window before NBC comes on the coverage on Saturday and Sunday, the weekend coverage. I know there's no Peacock exclusive coverage um Saturday. So at 6 a.m. So 5 a.m. is when the coverage starts on Golf Channel. And then at 7 a.m. it moves over to NBC. And then on Sunday, 4 a.m. is when the coverage starts over on the Golf Channel. Moves over to NBC at 7 a.m. So that's the British Open. And if you're in England or in the UK, you can catch this on Sky Sports, I do believe. Might also be on the BBC as well. But I would assume the BBC is getting ready for the Olympics. We'll have more on the Olympics next week. That's, that's, it's, the Olympics snuck up on us quickly. I won't lie to you. It snuck up. Like, like a ninja. 
or a snake. The Olympics have snuck up on us. All right, to the sport of kings. Horse racing. Where two of the most historical tracks in the world are opening for business. Two tracks that they raced last year, but we did not have... It was not like it normally was. No screaming fans. No full crowds. But it's back this year. I'm talking about Saratoga and Del Mar. Del Mar, of course, was founded by the legendary singer-songwriter Bing Crosby. Where every time the horses come out onto the track before the first race, they play where the turf meets the surf. Down at old Del Mar. You know the rest of the words. Keep singing along. Um, and then at Saratoga, it is believed to be the oldest major sporting venue in, North, I believe, North America, but that could just be the U.S. Saratoga, they race. And, of course, Saratoga, this is like their third year of running Two weeks earlier, they used to race six weeks, Wednesday to Monday, off on Tuesday. A couple years ago, they changed it. They added two weeks, and now they only race Wednesday to Sunday. They cut the Monday dates out of the schedule. Del Mar, they're, I think, extending their meet this year, too. Of course, they're going Wednesday to Sunday as well. Of course, these do, and then these guys close. The final day of these two race meets are on Labor Day Monday, so that's the only day they race on Mondays, um, these two tracks. Um, Saratoga, you know, we talked a lot about the New York Racing Association when Triple Crown season comes around, and I mentioned a lot of those jockeys, a lot of those same jockeys will be in Saratoga, um, as well as some of the top Kentucky jockeys, as Kentucky-based jockeys, excuse me like Julian Le Peru and Florent Giroux. Um, both French, by the way, I do believe. Um, and then, of course, you got the New York jockey circuit dominated by Ho the Ortiz brothers, Jose and Irad, Hall of Famers, Javier Castellano and John Velasquez. Of course, Ricardo Santana comes up from wherever he is, Kentucky or Arkansas. Um, you have... And then California-wise, a lot of the California-based jockeys. Also, I forgot, also in New York, Joel Rosario and Luis Saez. And then in California, you've got a pretty good jockey colony there. Frenchman Flavian Pratt, probably the best guy on the California circuit right now. Um, Mike Smith, who is a legend in his own right. Triple Crown winner with Justify. Um... Abel Cedillo, I believe Green Van Dyke is returning. Normally, he's been riding Kentucky the past couple years, but I believe he is moving back to California. And the newcomer, a young prodigy in the game, Trevor McCartney, who is normally ba who is normally based on the East Coast, wanted a little challenge. He would he would be based on the East Coast, but he'd go around the different tracks. Some days he'd be in Monmouth in New Jersey. Some days he'd be in Maryland at either Pimlico or Laurel Park. Sometimes he'd be at Penn National, which is my local track, in Hershey um, Parks in Philadelphia. And sometimes he'd be at Belmont or Aqueduct. 
Um, Aqueduct is where the New York Racing Association races in the wintertime. It's right by the JFK Airport there in Queens. But, um, of course, I forgot what I was going to say. Trevor, now a couple months ago, decided, you know what, I want to change. Found a jockey's agent, and in horse racing, a jockey's agent basically contacts trainers and owners to get them on horses. And so he's in California. He still has come, even though he's moved, he came back for Belmont Stakes Weekend, the Belmont, and he was at Belmont the past couple weeks because they had big stakes races. So it's good to see Trevor actually getting some meaningful mounts. But, so that's Delmar. You can catch Delmar. So today on Thursday, if you're listening to this before 1, that's when Saratoga opens. First post is at 1 o'clock. It's a 10-race card. But the action begins at 12.30 on Fox Sports 2 and YouTube with America's Day at the Races. And then at around... And then tomorrow, for Delmar, first post is at 5 o'clock. And you can catch those races on TVG. TVG is like the NFL Network of Horse Racing. They show a ton of tracks. Um, not only Delmar, they will show Monmouth, uh, Woodbine up in Toronto... And a bunch of other tracks and a bunch of other cool, neat stakes races as well. So that is horse racing. Let's get to our restaurant of the week. This place is located... Well, they have... It's a chain. But the one we're going to talk about is the one in Grove City. They also have some in Edinburgh, PA, Greenville, PA, Meadville, PA, and the beautiful town of Butler, Pennsylvania. I'm talking about on... 1809 South Center Street, right by the mall in Grove City, Pennsylvania. Compadres. Mexican restaurant. Now, I've only eaten at this place once. And I'm looking at the appetizer here, and I'm going to give a shout-out to my cousin, John. He will like this. They have Jimmy Rolls. Yes, that is a fried flour tortilla. Stuff of corn, black beans, chicken, bell peppers, onions, tomatoes, served with our signature queso sauce. And I got to tell you, I we got the chips and queso here. And I've talked about how much I love Montezuma's, but Montezuma's may have been toppled by this place. The queso was nice and creamy. There was no spice to it. It was a very good queso dip. Maybe one of the all-time great quesos. And it should be long in the Chips and Queso Hall of Fame. I also, I got the Shrimp Chimichangas. Um, they were really good. Um, crispy. Delicious. The cheese sauce was beautiful. And based on my meal alone, Montezuma's has been dethroned as the best Mexican restaurant, in my opinion, by this compadre's place. Really good food. Really good. Now, it's a Mexican restaurant, so they're going to have your traditionals like burritos, tacos, enchiladas. They have those big taco salads where they have the nice little tortilla bowl around it. All that stuff tastes, the tortilla bowl tastes so good. Fajitas, where of course they'll come out and you'll hear the sizzle, sizzle, sizzle. And of course, nachos. Save room for dessert. We didn't get any, but they've got... Sopalias, which are fried flour tortilla fried with honey butter and cinnamon. Creamy Mexican king custard, also known as flan. And fried ice cream. That is compadres. They're a chain, 
but we're going to focus on the Grove City one. Alright, that is Sports Bar Talk for today. Have fun. Enjoy the basketball. Enjoy the horse racing. Enjoy the open. Enjoy it all! And this is Sports Bar Talk. Where we got the best scene now?